publishers are facing big problems right now where they don't know whether their content has been created using tools such as ChatGPT. That's a problem because we think that there should be um, transparency within that content creation process and the exchange of content. I'm sure that if you were paying, you know, a writer $100 an article, um, you would be fine to pay that, uh, but you wouldn't be fine to pay that if you knew that it took five seconds and was just generated using a, a tool like ChatGPT. Welcome to AI Experience, the podcast that demystifies artificial intelligence. My name is Julian Rodersberger, and we are going to find out how AI is changing the world. And I am super happy to welcome today Maddie Lambert, who is Director of Marketing and Sales at Originality.ai, which is a Canadian startup built by a team of content marketing and AI experts. Thank you for joining me today. How are you, Maddie? Good, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Sure, my pleasure. So let's uh, dive right in, Maddie. Who are you, what you do, and why now is a perfect time to focus on generative AI? Yeah, so um, my name is Maddie Lambert. Um, I'm the uh, Director of Marketing and Sales for Originality. Um, and we basically work on uh, AI detection. Um, within content. So uh, we are built for content marketers, for publishers, for content creators. Um, and now is the perfect time. What was the question? Sorry. Perfect time. Uh, Why is it a good time to focus on AI and generative AI specifically? Oh, yeah. So I think that it's a great time to focus on generative AI because it can be used as such a great tool um, to help you create really great content. Um, but uh, But I think the focus of our company is to make sure that um, you aren't aiming to replace yourself within the content creation process. Okay. So your website mentions that your company, Originality.ai, aims to be, I, I quote, the most accurate AI content detector and plagiarism checker. Could you just elaborate a little bit? Like, what does it mean? And what's the problem you are addressing? Yeah, for sure. So basically, we um, are we we are the most uh, accurate uh, AI content detection tool um, in the world right now. And um, what that means is that we're able to, uh, you know, our platform scans content um, and it's able to accurately detect whether um, AI was used to generate or to to create that piece of content. Um, so it will uh, it it will pinpoint um, sentences that it uh, predicts um, was. Uh, created using um, generative AI, such as ChatGPT. Uh, so we are aiming to fix the problem um, of, of a few things, actually. So A, um, publishers are facing big problems right now where they don't know um, whether their content had, has been um, created using tools such as ChatGPT. Um, and that's that's a problem because we think that there should be um, transparency within that content creation process and the exchange of content. Um, so I'm sure that if you were paying, you know, a writer $100 an article, um, you would be fine to pay that. Uh, but you wouldn't be fine to pay that if you knew that it took five seconds and was just generated um, using um, a, a tool like ChatGPT. Uh, so it we aim to create some transparency in, the, in that exchange um, and to equip 
publishers with the knowledge of what they're um, actually publishing and um, to essentially safe or or future proof their site per se. Um, Because we don't know whether uh, generative AI is going to cause problems in the future for um, Google indexing pages. Um, We we just don't really know what the implication of that is going to be in the future for websites. Um, And we think that publishers deserve to know what they're publishing. So you work with publishers, so I guess you get in touch with them. What do they tell you about ChatGPT and generative AI? Are they scared? Are they exciting? Like, what's their mindset here? I think right now we work with a lot of large agencies. Um, And so I think that a lot of them are wary of it right now. um, And they're scared to deliver content to a client um, that has been just AI generated. Right? If if their promise to a client is that they're going to uh, create really great content, human written original um in-depth content uh and their and their contractors are just submitting ai generated blog posts uh, or content to them um i think that that becomes a problem and i think that that's where publishers are nervous um because they don't want their clients to come back to them and say hey um your your service has falsely advertised what your um what you're delivering and uh we're not going to use you anymore and so i think that's what agencies are afraid of and that's why a tool like ours is uh, useful within that editorial process. So you said your tool is the most accurate AI in detector in the world. How do you measure that? How do you yes. know that? <laughs> well, we have like extensive data studies um, that measures the efficacy of mm-hmm. our tool. Um, so I can uh, I can share that in the in the show notes. Um, and you know we we have lots and lots of data sets that we test against. Um, and we've even open sourced some tools that allows researchers to, um, like, uh, to measure the efficacy of our tool against their own data sets. So, um, we've been pretty open and transparent about how we got there. Um, but we're typically around like a 97% accuracy. Okay. So if I remember correctly, you own a content marketing agency that you sold in 2022 to launch Originality. What prompted you this transition? Did you foresee the rise of technologies like ChatGPT? Yeah. So we saw the wave coming for sure. Um, There were lots of, uh, I think that people got so distracted with ChatGPT and it was such like a a global sensation when it came out that uh, people were like, oh my gosh, this is so good. We had no idea something like this could possibly exist. Um, But there have been lots of tools that have um, adopted this technology way before uh, ChatGPT was around. So um, tools like Jasper.ai, they were a paid tool. I'm not sure if you've heard of them. Um, Paid paid tool that does pretty well exactly what um, ChatGPT does, but they were working off of GPT-3. That was their sort of technology. Um, And so we saw this wave come in. We uh, had pivoted before we sold the business to include a service um, that would leverage a tool like Jasper. Um, and uh, and so we, we definitely saw it coming. We had adjusted our service offering to um, help accommodate for that. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, we saw sort of like the bigger 
bigger problem. Um, and we decided to exit and uh, get in front of it in this way. What do you think would be the future of content marketing with generative AI? Um, is there a place with professional copywriters when, you know, AI can write a blog post in 30 seconds. So what am I going to do if I'm a copywriter? Well, what I've found is that um, if you're a really great copywriter and if you have like a very specific um, specialty or knowledge base about something very specific, um, that has actually, like generative AI has actually helped um, differentiate you um, because you're, you're better. You're still better than AI. Um, what I think that it has done is it has weeded out sort of like the... Um, the middle and bottom of the barrel um, in terms of uh, talent for copywriting. Um, and unfortunately, like it has, like, you know, you've used ChatGPT, I'm sure it's great. It's really good. Um, and it, uh, I, I do think that it has had a negative impact on um, sort of the, the medium to, um, you know, weaker copywriters out there. How, how a company would use your tool and, and why would a company use your tool to to bring a new dimension to content marketing? A company would use a tool like ours sort of within their editorial process so that they could... Um, so our, our tool actually has a couple of different functions. Um, so it has the AI detection, it has the um, the plagiarism, it has a readability function. So it will like scan the content and see how readable it is and give you some recommendations on how to make it better and more consumable for, for the web. Um, but now we also have like a, a beta feature right now that is fact checking. And um, so we aim to we've aimed to create an editorial tool set that will be useful for people regardless of how they created their content. So um, it's going to be useful for publishers to understand um, whether this content is original or not. Um, and it will help uh, publishers understand if it has been like plagiarized. Um, but it will also help editorial teams um, who have leveraged AI in the content creation process um, to then say, okay, you know, 100% AI uh, AI generated, but this fact-checking tool will now make sure that it's actually factual because we know that... Uh, generative AI produces um, things called hallucinations, um, which is problematic. And so I think that we, our, our tool has given the impression that we are anti-AI, but we're not at all. Um, we just think that there should be transparency within the process. And we think that there should be integrity within the content creation process and with what your, you know, your end what you're publishing at the end of the day. And so if you're leveraging AI to create content, that's great. Um, but use our fact-checking tool to make sure that it's accurate before you publish it. So you just talked about hallucination. Could you just elaborate, explain what it is and, and how it works? Yeah, for sure. So I'm sure you've seen some of the like really embarrassing instances um, where there have been uh, some like blatantly uh, wrong <laughs> things that have been published. Um, and I think that that's, uh, I think that that is because like human error for not even like checking the content, but, um, and for putting like too much trust into AI. Um, and, uh, but then also the, the AI just generating, um, a thing called a hallucination, which is, you know, the, the technology did not know the answer. So it made up an answer. Um, okay. so 
perfect thing uh, to to sort of like lean, fall back on. I'm not sure if you saw the article. It was actually in Ottawa um, about like the 10, 10 best things for tourists to do. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. And then the number two was like, oh, visit the food bank um, or, or food drive, whichever. Anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the food bank and it was published on the Microsoft uh, website, I believe, Amazon for Trouble, something like that. Right, right. So like obviously not a tourist attraction, not an interesting destination and clearly no human eyes um, on that piece of content before it was published. And so our tool if if it had been used would likely have flagged flagged that as like hey probably not a <laughs> like a tourist destination um and so that's the use case for for a tool like ours so if i hear you correctly like ai is not the enemy uh, it's good to use ChatGPT and ai to produce content but what's better is to have it checked uh, with a tool like yours to make sure that it is consistent, it is right, and it makes sense, right? For sure. And so, yeah, I think that that's an important thing to emphasize is that it's like, we don't think that AI is the enemy. We think that there should be, um, there's like a an ethical obligation for publishers to understand what they're publishing, um, who created it, and whether it's factually correct or not. And I think our tool helps facilitate that that transparency and process. Okay, so ChatGPT has been live for a little bit less than a year now. Um, what do you think the publishers are today? Like, what's what's are they fully? Do they fully understand the scope of ChatGPT? Um, did they pivot to better integrate AI into the content creation process? Like, what are the changes that's been developed into the AI work processes? I don't think anybody fully understands, um, you know, the the impact that ChatGPT is going to have from a like content marketing standpoint. Um, I think that, that people are scared. Um, I think that people are nervous to to use it. Um, I think that there have been cases where uh, websites have been um, penalized for the apparent use of generative AI. Um, that pages that should have ranked have not. Um, pages that should have been indexed have not. Um, and then websites that should have been monetized um, by, you know, Google AdSense have been denied um, access to those services because of the use of generative AI. So I think that those are things that people are aware of. I think that people don't understand it because we don't really understand Google's stance on it. They haven't been that forthcoming um, about how they how they're treating um, content that has been uh, generated by AI. So, um, you know, they say, you know, as long as content is created uh, and it, as long as content is useful, as long as it's um, like good quality, they don't really care how it's created. But then um, we see instances that with like the human eye, an article appears to be useful, appears to be um, like good, uh, but but it has been penalized for whatever reason. So there, I think that Google lacks the transparency around how they're treating it, and that's problematic. It causes um, a little bit of panic and a little bit of uncertainty around what should and should not be used on, on people's websites. Okay. Um, can you share a success story where your solution, uh, Originality.ai, saved the day for a client? Do you have a success story to share? Yeah, for sure. Um, 
So one that just immediately, just because we were talking about Google AdSense, um, one that immediately came to mind was uh, we had a client who had just purchased a site for like $30,000, like it was a, a big site um, and that had previously been monetized using uh, platforms like Google AdSense. Um, and uh, so when the ownership switched hands um, and this client went to apply for his own Google AdSense account, um, he got like denied and anybody who's like created a, a, a website and has a little bit of content knows how easy it is to get accepted into Google AdSense like it's pretty much immediate you have to throw on a couple of a couple of articles and you're ready to go um, and so when you looked at this website and you're like oh wow there's like a lot of traffic to this website a lot of keywords are ranking like what could be the what could be the problem here so Usually when we come across something like that, it's it's a blatant plagiarism issue. So we did scan the whole site for plagiarism to see if it was um, content that had been like stolen from another site. Um, and it wasn't. So then we scanned for AI, the whole site for AI. And there was, uh, I think there were four articles in the top 10 um, articles on that site uh, that were that had been flagged as like 100% AI generated. So just as just out of curiosity, because we'd never seen this before, um, we asked the client to like unpublish those four posts. Mm-hmm. Um, then we waited about a week, and then he reapplied um, to the program and got accepted right away. So to us, that indicates that there's that you know, he was being penalized because of those four articles um, that appeared to be AI generated. And so, yeah, using our technology, um, he, we were able to easily identify those pages and uh, and fix that problem for him. <laughs> okay, so what you mean is like, it could be an issue to have a content on the website that's been created by ChatGPT or AI tools? Yeah, it could be. Um, but again, like Google hasn't been totally forthcoming. But then when we see um, when we see cases like this, it seems pretty clear that that was the root cause of the problem. So, so I, I understand why publishers are wary. Is it an issue for you, like as a customer, to navigate on a website where content was like only created by AI? Uh, do you think it could affect like the credibility of a brand? We've been creating a lot of like data studies around this to understand like who's using AI generated content on their site and what element um, of of their site is AI generated. So, for example, Amazon. Uh, we just scraped all of Amazon's reviews um, for the last few years off of uh, off of their website. I know this is not Amazon who's creating these these um, mm-hmm. r- reviews. Like it's. Uh, it's not their own content, but um, we were able to analyze uh, all of those reviews. And uh, it was pretty clear that after ChatGPT had been launched, um, we saw like a 400% increase of um, AI generated Amazon reviews. As a buyer, if you were uh, like, um, have you uh, have you used Amazon before? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you look at reviews? Actually, I only look at the bad reviews because my gut tells me that would be the most accurate. Right. So we were able to determine that um, like the really extreme reviews, so either like the, the one stars or the five stars are more likely, are three times more likely to be AI generated yeah. um, than like the two, threes or fours. Um, and so to us, that, that flags a motivation 
issue. So it's like, okay, so either uh, they're being used as like smear campaigns by other brands or they're being used as like uh, self-promotion mm-hmm. um, tactics for brands. So when I look, when I look at that, I'm like, okay, so is like our Amazon reviews credible anymore if um, it, they're just being in, inundated by fake reviews? And so I think that um, I think that there is uh, an element of uh, credibility suffering because of the use of it. Do you think we can see in the future like uh, a certification that says, "Hey, my reviews on my website are 100% true human reviews, no AI involved." I think that that is what people are going to have to do because like, again, we're, we do part of our marketing plan is to do these interesting studies to see like where AI is being used. So like um, websites such as Captera mm-hmm. um, again has seen, you know, a 300% increase in, in AI generated r- reviews and um, businesses know that now. And so they're going to be less likely to trust um, a review on Captera um, because of that knowledge. And I think that Captera is going to have to adopt something uh, within their API that validates whether um, whether a a review is human written or AI. So they would use a tool like ours to before publishing. Um, a review to validate whether that's human or um, or AI generated. And do you think the publishers are aware of that problem? I mean, if it is a problem, I think publishers are aware of it. Yeah. And what's 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 their plan? Like, you talk to publishers, you 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 sell your solutions to publishers. Like, what's uh, what what does it tell you about it? I think that the the use case is typically like just like a, an information a, a data point, right? So if they know if they know that their the content that has been submitted is AI generated, then they can make their decision on how to move forward with that. Some publishers, and there's different th- thresholds for it, right? Um, some publishers have like a zero tolerance policy and will like send that piece of content back and say, no, thanks. Um, you know, either rewrite it or sayonara. Um to, to, to a writer that they're working with. Um, others are more lenient. They're like, Hey, if this is uh, like, partially created by AI, which is what our, our detection tool can also identify is like how much of, uh, how much of that article has been, um, AI generated. Uh, and so if, if they feel if they're a little bit more lenient and, you know, have a, a higher threshold for AI use within their written content, then it's all within their discretion and and their policies and how they want to manage it. But our tool is essentially just a, a data point. Okay. Okay. So we know in the content marketing sphere, like AI is here to stay. So as a marketer, like what advice would you give to young professionals looking to enter the the AI and and content marketing space? Like um, any skills they should absolutely master? I will say, like it, it's a really confusing time for people because like there people are like being encouraged to use these tools and understand how to use them, which they should. You know, this is the future of of the way we're going to work. Right. So, um, of course these technologies should be adopted and, and learned and understood. Um, but it makes it really hard to understand a technology like this when we don't understand the impact that, um, it's going to have. So I think that like 
large like search engines need to be more forthcoming um, in terms of their plan for how they're going to treat AI generated content. And then people can, can figure out how they want to work with it. Um, You know? And I, so I think that, I think that it's going to be a blurry area until the impact on SEO and the impact on yeah content marketing is um, fully under until it's fully understood. And so we mainly talked about written content like text, uh, but we saw AI uh, to create like images and videos and deepfakes and even like uh, closed captioning and stuff like that. So originality.ai is focusing only on content, like written content. But how do you see the future of plagiarism and AI detection in the future? I think that the societal impacts and implications that, you know, undetectable AI has, has the potential of being really dangerous. And so having, having tools like ours, I, I believe, and I think the, the AI detection community believes um, that it makes it possible for people to differentiate between what's right and what's potentially wrong. Okay. And you as a marketing professional, how do you keep pace with like everything new in the AI world? Um, it's really hard. And sometimes I feel like I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I I don't know. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to the news. I, I um, do a lot of research, but it's really hard to keep up because it just, it does seem like there's something new popping up every day. Yeah. Is there like some kind of FOMO, you know, the fear of missing out here in that, in that ecosystem? I don't whether it's a FOMO thing or whether it's just like a, a total craze right now, you know, in the same way that, um, in the same way that like cryptocurrency went through its big, like craze in 20, 2016, 2017. Um, and everyone was doing ICOs. I feel like, uh, I do feel like there's an element of that sort of like buzziness around it, but I do, I okay. do think that it's here very much to stay. Good. Well, thank you very much, Maddie. So at the end of each episode, the guest must answer a question posed by the previous guests. So after that, you'll have the opportunity to ask a question to the next guest. Are you ready? Yes. Cool. So here's your question, courtesy of Sanjay Krishnan, Associate Professor at the University of Chicago. My question for the next guest is, what excites you the most about artificial intelligence, right? Uh, I would like to hear from your perspective, what do you think the biggest breakthrough uh, has been in the last six months? And what, 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 just, what, what excites you? What are, what are you interested in? What do you like playing around with? So this is like not really within my own um, industry, but I think the most exciting AI that I have heard of is sort of the medical advances that are being done in terms of like early detection um, of certain illnesses and diseases and stuff. Um, so again, like not really my industry, but I think that that is sort of the, the most exciting use case that I've seen with uh, sort of like the predictive um, or the ability to... Um, have a, a, a more of a predictive understanding of these things. So I think that excites me the most. Yeah. And so now what question would you like to pose for the next guest? Ooh, what scares you the most about AI? It's a simple, short, yet uh, <laughs> very deep question. <laughs> yes. All right. Thank you so much, Mehdi. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And that wraps up another episode of AI Experience. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time.
Hey, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe on your podcast platform. Your support counts and your comments can really help share this experience with others. You can also visit the website ai-experience.io to find out more. See you soon for a new episode.